This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the situation room. Welcome to the situation room. Welcome to the situation room. Hey, everybody. I'm here with my co-host, Gabe Ferguson. We're here for the Situation Room, where we're trying to break down some of these games and the important plays that really seem to tip the balance of what's going on. You guys can catch us on Twitter. at I'm at BSL Jordan Co. He's at Gabe Fergie. Um, you know, Gabe, I'm like a broken record. I start every single one of these podcasts now in the exact same way, which is that the Ravens remain wildly inconsistent they remain completely incapable of playing a full game they remain completely incapable of adjusting and it seems as though their coaches seem completely incapable of watching the game that's being played on the field in front of them and and refuse to make quick adjustments to the things that they see that are happening um, and try and take away the things that the other teams are doing it's like they're trying to play three-dimensional chess and the other team only has to play checkers because they can keep doing the same thing over and over again because the Ravens are trying to preempt whatever thing that they think they're going to do next and at some point you just have to take away the thing that's in front of you or you just have to execute the thing that you need to do to be successful and the Ravens can't even seem to do that in the first place and I think that like that sums up my opinion of this Ravens team in a nutshell which is that I've described it in past podcasts as what I call arrogance I continue to think it's that, that the Ravens coaches still think that they're smart enough to be better than this. They still think that they're a step ahead and they still think that they're outsmarting everybody and they're getting their butts beat in the process. And it's not even close. Yeah. I, I think this game really kind of, that, that sums up, like you said, the entire season, there've been a lot of inconsistencies. We haven't really seen the team that we expected, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And I think one of the things that I've tried to do is, you know, find silver linings, um, even in the losses, like there is something here or there that, you know, they've done well. And this game is really hard to point to that. And, you know, this was a game where they, they had a lead in the second half. They were up 21 10 at one point um, after they, they forced a punt, they got the ball back and they, they marched down the field and scored a touchdown. Um, and they, this is after, you know, playing, fairly well, I thought, in the first half after an opening drive to to the Titans. But then in the second half, they they had no answers just on defense after that. The, the the Titans after that had four long drives. They scored two field goals in those drives, um, but those field goals could have easily been touchdowns, I think, um, if if they hadn't made a few mistakes in the red zone. Um, and the, the Ravens defense just didn't look like the Ravens defense we'd seen at all this year. Um, obviously the offense had its issues. They had, you know, they had a few drives where they put together, you know, some plays. They got, um, they got the running game with JK Dobbins going a little bit. Um, it wasn't great. Um, Lamar Jackson was ineffective running the ball. Um, I, I think he had a couple of scrambles, but in design runs, he really did nothing. Um, and he was ineffective passing the ball. They, they continued to, um, you know, miss plays. He, he missed, he missed Hollywood Brown on a, on a, deep shot it should have been a touchdown he was late on the throw um he missed mark andrews on uh, a red zone look that should have been a touchdown he was late on the throw 
Um, he obviously the interception to, to Duvernay was was a poor throw. Um, he had one on one coverage, whether it was underthrown or overthrown. Duvernay didn't make a good putt on it, but it probably was a ball that shouldn't have been thrown, or if it should have been thrown, it should have been thrown better. Um, so we we just see the Ravens continue to shoot themselves in the foot. They aren't as talented as they perhaps were last year, or they aren't executing at the level that they were last year, and they can't afford to make the mistakes that they're making. And they honestly, like you said, they haven't been able to string together four quarters of play where they look like a team that's truly like one of the best in the league, like we thought they were going to be. And I think at this point of the season, the record is who they thought they are. They're they're a slightly above average team. They have, you know, some good solid playmakers on both sides of the field, but they aren't able to string together consistent four quarters and they aren't able to impose their will on teams like they we saw them do throughout the second half of the year last year. Have they even been able to put together three good quarters in the, the last like six weeks? I, I mean, it, it, they haven't even been able to do it for more than two consecutive quarters. The Ravens were very good in the second and third quarter of this game and very bad in the first and the fourth quarter of this game. And it's just like, you know, you mentioned a couple of those. You know, I, I can't I, I'm interested to see what the all 22 looks like on the Lamar interception. Um and who kind of who messed that play up. But Duvernay is out there in single coverage. 40 yards down the field against a cornerback. That is, in that instance, I always want my quarterback to throw that ball. I always want him to throw that ball at a single coverage because you're either, it's likely going to be either incomplete, it's going to be the most amazing interception ever, or it's going to be a flag or a catch. Um, and somebody did something wrong. Either Lamar threw it to the wrong spot, or I think Duvernay might have stopped because he was then trying to catch up to the ball. And I think that. Maybe Duvernay was supposed to keep running there. And maybe if he would have kept running, it, it at least could have been an incompletion or it might even have been a catch. Um, I, I don't have a problem with with him throwing that ball if, as it looked like on the TV film, he had the one-on-one where it was. But, you know, uh, who, who knows what was actually happening there. So I think on that play, he – or Duvernay, I'm, I'm saying, I think he didn't read the ball. I don't think he realized the ball was coming his way or if he did – he misjudged it because it looks like he kind of, like you said, he kind of stopped. But I also think that if he had been running full speed, the ball had been wildly underthrown. So like you said, it's hard to tell without having the all 22 to really judge it. But I don't, I don't think those two players were on the same page on that play. I think we can agree with that. Um, I actually thought it was a great idea to isolate to Renee one-on-one coverage and take a shot um, it was, you know, first and down, they play action. He was well protected. Um, maybe that play design should have drawn him across the field instead of having him, you know, run a nine route. I think a post would have probably been a better um, play there, but maybe, maybe it also depends on what the, what the routes look like or what the coverage was. So it's hard to say for sure, but I think, I mean, I don't, I don't mind the play and I don't mind Lamar taking that, that opportunity there. I just, something on that play went wrong. Um, and it just, it's another like symptom of, of what's going on with the Ravens offense. He just can't seem to figure things out. You know, my silver lining would be if, if we're going to say something positive, because, you know, if you're going to say a whole bunch of mean stuff, which I, I will do over the course of this next hour, you should say something nice first. And I, so I'll say some, some, two things that are nice. One, I thought Orlando Brown played a really good game. Um, he's been phenomenal at left tackle. Uh, he's really made it, the the loss of Ronnie Stanley not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be um, because of that. Obviously, they still miss that depth on the offensive line, and it would be really nice to have both of them. But 
the Ravens are going to have a tough decision to make when it comes to him down the road. The other is Derek Wolf played a really good game. Um, he came back on a, a couple of screen passes, kind of backside pursuits. Um, he had a couple big negative tackles for losses. He was in the right place. He was he was in the dirt, and and he played a heck of a game. Um, so those two guys I thought played really well. Yeah, and you know if we're going to do this right now, get all the mention the good things at the beginning. I want to also mention uh, Yannick Ngakwe, who I thought also had a very nice game, especially in the first half. Um, there were some plays where he just looked like he was shot out of a cannon, completely unblockable off the edge. He had that strip sack um, that that really helped, you know, turn a potential touchdown into a field goal um, um, and, and hold the Titans to three points. And then also I saw later on, um, I think he had a couple other pressures and they pretty much, I mean, the Titans, they kind of started chipping him on, on every third down or when he was in, in a rush there. Um, and that, that made, you know, their offense have one less player that could that could go out and um, run a route. And I think that really helped the Ravens defense when they were playing well in the second and third quarter, like you mentioned. For some reason, that kind of went off the rails in the fourth quarter. The Titans figured out how to attack the, the Ravens secondary, um, and the, the Ravens didn't have any answers for it. Um, their cornerbacks basically got exposed, and it's, it's really disappointing. Yeah. Okay. That's enough of that. So let's get back to the terribleness of what the Ravens did in this game. <laughs> let's start with, let's start with my, my favorite punching bag. And I think that many Ravens fans feel this way. The media is caught up on this. Lamar is already kind of on the, on board about it. You've, you've heard Harbaugh and others talking about it. So let's talk about Greg Roman and what the heck is he doing with this offense? Like, like in, in what planet is Greg Roman calling plays from and it, like I, I don't see it right and I think that that you and I counted these out a little bit differently I I, I you know you, you can count these out however many ways you want I there were either like somewhere between 14 and 16 carries I believe on first downs it depends on if you include some of those in the second half or right before the half where the Ravens looked like they were just trying to run out the clock instead of actually doing anything but regardless the average is about three and a half yards a carry on first downs and the Ravens continued to do it over and over and over. There were two different times where in five consecutive first downs, the Ravens ran in a row, two different times in this game. So by the time they've done that three times in a row, the second go around, what do you think the Titans are, think is coming in that next, like in the next attempt? I, like what? You're down your best blocking tight end. You're down one of your offensive tackles. You, you're not starting your starting center that started all year long. What the heck are the Ravens thinking? I don't know. It's it's really indefensible. Um, I'm not sure why. Like you said, maybe I think some people are starting to like really catch on to this. But it's it's almost like set three quarters. Like almost 75 percent of of the Ravens' first downs are runs, and it's not like they're doing well on it. Like you said, like by my numbers, they're averaging less than three yards per carry on those first down run attempts, and. What that means is then you're in second and long, and then you're pretty predictable on second down too. Ravens were actually having to run the ball on second down, and that helped them more so than passing, really, in this game. Like, they were actually better running the ball on second down. I think if you actually look at the numbers, they've been more effective running the ball on second down this entire season than they have been passing the ball, which is kind of a weird inverse relationship. But honestly, it's probably because a lot of the time they're in second and long, and teams don't expect them to run in second and long like they still do anyway. Um, but they've been really bad passing on second and long. There was one point in the season where they were literally dead last in the league in success rate on second and long passes. That's like a complete 
100% reversal from where they were last year. Last year, they were gaining more yards when they ran the ball on first down, so that put them in favorable down distance. They're, they had the option to run or pass. Teams didn't know what they were going to do, and that gave them so many different options. Now, when they're running on first down, they're not being successful. So when you're not successful on first down, that means you are then not going to be successful, most likely on second, and then you're third and longs. And in this game, the Ravens are actually okay at converting third down. That was the saving grace for what kept them in this game because the Titans are really bad on third down, and they showed that during this game. However, that doesn't give you an excuse for keep doing the same thing over and over and over again when you're making yourself fight this uphill battle over and over and over again just to have to, like, claw out from behind and, like, hope that you can convert on third down. It's not a good way to run the offense. Who... Or, or how many how many passes did you count on first downs for the Ravens? So outside of the two-minute drill at the end of the game, I counted five. Five. Plus, plus a penalty, I think. Yeah, so I right. think six. One of them was a holding penalty where they basically tackled Mark Andrews. One yeah. was a four-yard completion to Des Bryant. One was a six-yard completion to Des Bryant. One was an interception. Um, and the two other, and then, and then there were two other incompletions, one of which was in the red zone. Yeah, two of them were in the red zone. They were back-to-back plays. Okay, yeah. So they were, yeah, the Mark Andrews, like that play. I liked that play. Yeah, um, it was a great play. It should have been touchdown yeah. if, if it was a better throw. Yeah, I, I have other things to say about that play too. So we'll get to that when we get there <laughs> and why that got wrong. But, but so in that instance where you have, even if you only had two of those plays being the four and the six-yard gains, Right on those passes to Des Bryant should have had the touchdown to, to or to Andrews in the on the red zone play. Like that's a sixty percent return rate at, at a level that you of the what sixteen runs that we had, we only had four I think that were five yards or more. Like we're not even like this isn't even sophisticated like EPA expectations. Special DVOA, PFF, like insert your favorite flavor, next gen flavor here, right? Like none of this is even that. This is just looking at the numbers and saying this isn't working. And the thing I would add to that is the Ravens sucked, I think, generally speaking, on first down all around. Part of that was running the ball, but I think that the Ravens all year, and, and this is this is anecdotal because I'm annoyed at how the Ravens played this week, is the Ravens, I think, have sucked on first down pretty much all of this year. And they just need to figure out what they want to do on first downs. And they need to go and they need to practice it. And then they need to execute what they've actually practiced on the field. And they need to get lined up quicker. They need to do what they're doing with intentionality and authority and, and stop this, like, whatever this crap is that they're doing. Because to me, it's just like, like they're running into a brick wall over and over and over again. And I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, it's really hard to figure out how a team that last year seemed like they had all the answers, like they had they were using analytics. The Ravens do have like one of the bigger analytics departments in the NFL. What are these people doing? Do they not understand like like what the pass to run ratio means for your offense in the NFL these days? Have you not like examined how that affects your ability to to do? Uh, I mean, like basic functions on offense, like every single metric that you look at, if you have close to a 50-50 split on run-pass ratio, you're going to be so, so much better than if you're leaning heavy towards the run. It's, you know, we, we've seen people complain about this for years with with, with um, Russell Wilson in Seattle, you know, the whole let Russ cook thing. 
um, where he was basically given this offense where, you know, he's one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, but the team is still like running on first down, running on second down, and you're putting him in third and longs over and over and over again. That has literally become the Ravens offense. Like they don't have a good offensive line. They don't have a good run game anymore. Don't try to force it. Like you can't do the things that you did a year ago just because it worked last year. It's not working anymore. There's no reason to keep going down this same road that is like leading into a dead end because all it's doing is making, you know, other teams consistently know what you're going to do. And then you're not able to execute and you don't have the playmaking ability that you had last year because you don't have some of the same players and you're not able to, you know, get away with the things that you could do. And you just have to recognize that and change your thing. This is the thing that we talked about leading up to this game, because with the injury to Nick Boyle, we thought, okay, maybe this is the time where the Ravens, where Greg Roman's like, okay, I'm looking at my personnel. I don't have a run blocking tight end anymore. I still have, you know, a good pass catching tight end. I have a good, you know, we're still running back in, in J.K. Dobbins. I have wide receivers that can, in theory, get open. That's another issue in this game. We can talk about that. Um, let's use them, you know, smartly. Let's throw some passes on first down. Let's. We can still use play action. We can still take pass attempts. You don't have to be in heavy to use play action, by the way. This is something that we've seen from the Ravens do in the past. They did that in the second half of the Colts game so effectively. They spread teams out. They ran out of the spread a little bit, but they also did play action out of that same spread look. And they just went away from that entirely in this game. I think they had maybe one or two play action passes out of, out of like the spread. Um, the others were pretty much just like straight dropbacks. Like, it just made zero sense. It, I don't know. I feel like I've been saying the same thing like you have all season. The offense outside of a few like drives here and there has been just completely haphazard and they can't learn from their mistakes and they can't make any changes when they need to. Yeah. I, I mean, this is supposed to be the game that we forged a new identity on offense, Gabe. Yeah, that was, that was, we, we're going to, we're going to forge the same identity into our brains. So it looks more like the old identity and hope that something works. You know, the, to me, this is how they did was the, the only thing they did differently was change their formation. They, instead of having, you know, Boyle in there, they just had Picard occasionally and, and Andrews occasionally, and they didn't do anything outside of that. Like they didn't really try any new running concepts. Like they didn't try new passing concepts. It was all the same blah. And there was, there was, there was nothing. It was just, it was so disappointing. And at Scar, they they did the like Scar eligible thing a few times, and you know there were there were a few like you know uh, Luke Wilson was out there a few times. There were a few kind of moments where the personnel packages and the w- window dressing on it looked a little differently. But yeah, I, I mean it was it was a colossal failure. And honestly, like you know I, I don't think that the, the offensive line played that poorly. Um, I, I don't have a problem with this iteration of the offensive line. There were there were fewer other than Makari's snap in in the in the two minute drill where he snapped it early. Other than that, there weren't these like blatantly glaring bad plays that led to like these really negative blowups. I mean, we've seen that happen probably four to five times a game, it feels like, every game up to this time. And there were there were definitely moments where Lamar had a clean pocket. And there were and like I, I don't know. For the first time that that group of guys played together, I wasn't that disappointed with kind of their performance. And I thought that overall, this was one of the better offensive line performances. They didn't give up a sack until overtime. Yeah. I, I think that's also a function of the Titans having a really, really bad defensive 
pass rush. Like they they don't have really anybody up front who can get after the after the passer. I mean, Clowney was out for this game. They put him on IR. Harold Andrews is a decent player, and I guess Simmons is a decent player, but like they really have been struggling in that. That's part of the reason why they're one of the worst teams in the NFL on you know giving up third down completions to opposing offenses. Um, and that's honestly like I guess one of the saving graces for the Ravens in this game. They were able to convert all those third down conversions. Um, but frankly, like Lamar Jackson didn't really have an inefficient day passing the ball. Um, I felt like they probably should have had more opportunities to find receivers than they did. Um, there was definitely no new fangled like offensive ideas in, the, in their passing game. And I just, I was, like I said, disappointed. I, I felt like there was an, this was an opportunity against a defense that isn't very good. And, and they did basically next to nothing. Um, they did the bare minimum. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a shot at Lamar here too. I thought he had a pretty mediocre to poor game. Um, he overthrew Andrews just a little bit on um, that one third down where he was pretty yeah. much wide open. He underthrew him. We'll talk about that play in the end zone. We already talked about the Duvernay play. He just didn't. Oh, the Marquise Brown play where he ran the post. I mean, he runs. That was this like they ran that play in Miami last year. Like like Lamar knows he needs to get the ball out sooner. And uh, I will quibble a little bit about running that play at that depth and distance. It needs to be like, like part of the reason you beat the guy is because the safety knows that, that like it has to be a perfect throw to beat him there. Um, and it has to be appropriately timed and the Ravens just didn't have it there. But Lamar's had some really good games in terms of throwing the ball and been really on the money. Um, and this game was not one of those games. Um, the throw, the touchdown throw to Andrews was a really good one. But other than that, we re- we just didn't, we just didn't see a great game from Lamar here. And so, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that was about. You know, I don't know what that was about, but I, I thought he didn't play great. Yeah. I think if we want, we can, do you want to talk about the the red zone kind of failures now? Yeah. Let's talk about the red zone. Yeah. Let's, let's start with the first quarter since we talked a little bit about that, that, that played to um, Mark Andrews. So, okay. So, they had the ball. Was it about like the fifteen yard line? Or it was. It was inside the twenty. Um, first down. They, and I yeah, thought fifteen yard line. I like this play call. It was you know it was a it was first and ten. They they moved the pocket so they had the they moved the rolled Lamar out and they had the, the offensive line move out in front of him so he had plenty of time. Um, and he kind of just like you know rolled out a little, a little bit and then he just like lofted the pass to the back of the end zone, um, but he just didn't. Put enough on it. He he basically just kind of. I don't I don't want to say he was careless with the throw. I think I think he thought that he had the easy touchdown, and he just kind of made it too exegetical. Because if he had put that, I think even Rembo called it out in, in the play call. If he had put a little bit more on it, um, then it's probably a touchdown, and that's the kind of thing that the Ravens needed to do better. They needed to execute on those plays where you have, you know, the perfect opportunity. They, they drew up the right play. It was, it wasn't open um, or it was open for a time. And then, you know, it just, it just wasn't executed well. And I, I feel like that was kind of, you know, the running theme for the, for the Ravens in this game, you know, in a lot of times they might've had a good play call and it's like, it, it wasn't properly executed, but I also think that, I don't know. That, that's not an excuse for the, the entirety of how the Ravens played. But when you, ha- when you have that play for one specific player who's supposed to get open, 
you have to know when you have to put the ball and you have to know where to have the ball has to be. And like you said, we're going to, I don't want to call out Lamar too badly because I don't know. I feel like he has a lot of pressure on him, but this is a play he has to make. And I, I don't know what else to say about it. I, I got a, a handful of questions about this play though. Like why are you running it to the short side of the field? Like, like, why, like, like part of the reason this play gets taken away is because you allow Bayard to, to be defending less of the field, right? Like, and I get that you're rolling right, but, like, if you're rolling, like, let's say, I, I mean, like, run the ball to the left first, right? Like, they, they run the ball in the play right after this. Run the ball to the left first and then run this play to the right if that's the way you want to set it up. Right. Like, like, I think you're even better off in that instance, kind of like doing that. Right. Two, why doesn't this look like more like an option? Right. Like, what the heck is Gus Edwards doing on this play in front of Lamar? Like, if, if, first of all, this should be JK Dobbins because they run this like option look with Dobbins. They should have built this off of that option look and they should have kept him in. That would have kept, that would absolutely have kept Bayard tighter to this play. But instead, part of the reason Bayard can get back is because it's very obvious that some mischievous thing is going on from from where Gus Edwards is. And also the offensive linemen not kind of like actually actively blocking anybody. They all kind of just like peel back and like it, it was pretty clear that something sketchy was going on. Like they could have sold this. Like like if this was a play that we ran in practice, I, I'd be running it back and say, you guys got to sell this better because I was not convinced by this play. OK, then. What is Mark Andrews doing waiting for this ball? He needs to go and run into Kevin Byard and make him slam into him and draw the pass interference penalty. Byard never gets turned around, never looks at the ball. It's unequivocally going to be pass interference if there is any contact whatsoever. And what does Mark Andrews do? Tries to catch the ball over the top of Byard and shies away from the contact. Go up, go get the ball, play through the contact, draw the flag, ball on the one-yard line. Like, like, like 101 receiving when you got a, when you got a defender that is staring directly at you and face guarding you, you go right up into the body of that player. It boggled my mind what Mark Andrews was doing on this play because he had buyer dead to rights and Mark Andrews does this thing where like, he kind of like reaches out with his arms instead of going up with his body to try and catch this ball. And if he would have just even, he doesn't even have to run into Bayard, but if he did run into Bayard, he would have gotten the flag. Even if he just uses his body to try and catch this ball, he's going to draw that flag. It it just, I like, uh, I I love this play call and I want to see the Ravens do stuff like this. I want to see the Ravens run plays that look like an option run and throw over the top of it. Because I think that like, from the all 22, when I've seen that, it's going to be wide, wide open over the top because you've got everybody locked in on Lamar and on Dobbins. You've got basically two guys locked in on both of those guys. Somebody has to be open behind it. That has to be the principle of what they were trying to attack here. And this is just awful execution overall in terms of what you're trying to do with that. Yeah, I think um, it's probably meant to look like quarterback power, right? This is kind of like get everybody out in front and have, have Lamar run. Um, because you're right. If, if they're trying to make it look like an option, then why is like Edwards, you know, out in front of him, um, and basically not doing anything other than being a blocker there. So I'm not sure if that's what they're looking for, but I mean, obviously it worked because it, it sucked fired in for a second. I was actually, when I was rewatching it. One thing I noticed was, you know, if, it, if that Lamar actually like tucks it and like reverses field, he probably has a, you know, a pretty big game too, because the entire defense had, had sucked in behind, um, but yeah, it's, it, I agree with you with Andrews. Like, I think that's definitely a play that he should have adjusted to the ball better. 
um, and really w- aggressively went out and tried to get the ball. And like you said, Bayard was in terrible position. He he was just running full force trying to make a play. Um, and he did, you know, he timed it up perfectly and he was able to to make that play. And and because Andrews, the way he, he went after the ball, he wasn't able to draw the penalty that would have probably given the Ravens a touchdown there. So, you know, it, it's unfortunate. I, I agree. I thought, it, I thought it was a well-designed play. I didn't even think about what you mentioned with the half of the field where they were at. They could have definitely sequenced it better and opened up that play a little bit more. But I think the, the issues were more the execution by the two players, by, by Jackson, not really putting the ball where it had to be. And then Andrews, who kind of lackadaisically attacked it. So, you know, I think they would both like yep. to have that play back. Yeah, but you add that length and you make Bayer just take two or three more steps side to side and like the hip turn becomes harder for him. Like his ability to turn around becomes more difficult. Andrew's ability to go more towards the corner or drift left or drift right, depending on where the defenders are, open up a little bit more. So it's just the whole thing just frustrated me because I I, I like that play a lot. It reminded me a lot of a play that they ran against Buffalo last year where they ran kind of like this like little dummy screen and like they throw over to the screen behind the offensive lineman. And like, like the reason it reminded me of it is because like you've got these offensive linemen, they're, they're all standing around and none of them are actually actively blocking. And the same thing happened in the Buffalo game. Lamar ended up, I think it was to Hollywood, throws the ball over to that side of the field. And like there are literally five offensive linemen in front of Hollywood and not one of them ended up blocking the guy. I don't remember who the receiver was. And they like, he ended up going down like eight yards behind the line of scrimmage because nobody actively blocked. So it all feeds into the fact that the Ravens can't run a screen. They don't understand like timing <laughs> blocks is blocks. They don't understand how to like sell, sell one look and, and give something else. Um, you know, but so let's talk about the rest of this red zone, you know, sequence for the Ravens. You know, the very next thing that we get is is like a little pistol run. I guess I'm fine with it. Yeah, I, I don't hate that play call. I think, you know, it, it kind of gives you a, a few options. Maybe you can get, pick up five yards there, and, and then you're in, in a good, like, kind of in a third and, and medium. Um, but, it, I mean, it, it wasn't a bad play call, I don't think. Um, it's just I, I think they had their opportunity on, on the first down, and they missed it. Um, and then you really have to, I, I mean, I would love to see something maybe a little more, more aggressive, um, maybe even call something like, like you said, like a screen or like a, like a draw, something like something that is a little more, a little less predictable, I guess. Um, but yeah, the third, and then the third down, do you have anything else up on the second down play call? I don't no, know. no. The second down play is, is fine. It is what it is. The third down, like. So, you know, they're back to kind of the spread look. Um, and here you have no play action. I mean, you have a guy in the, in the backfield. Is, is it Hill? Is it Justice Hill in this one? Um, and he's just not really doing much. He doesn't block. He runs kind of around. It's not going anywhere. But the big problem here is, is Fluker just gets whooped at right tackle. Um, I thought... Um, he was really bad in this game. We didn't mention that. Um, I thought he played really poorly early on and he just got immediately beat. Um, and Jackson had to scramble basically because I think he might've had an open guy coming across the middle, but he wasn't able to get it to him because um, he basically had pressure in his face right away. And, you know, that's where that play went. 
Yes and no. <laughs> so Jackson gets away from the guy that beats Fluger. Fluger gets schooled particularly badly. But once Jackson beats the guy, I guess that was who was that? Um, Landry, uh, whoever it is, gets beats Fluker, gets around the edge. Lamar beats him, and then he's got three blockers right in front of him, and only two guys rushing the passer. Right? If of all he does is flush to the right instead of trying to run up the middle here. Like it's very likely that he has an opportunity to at least try and make something else happen instead. I, I didn't quite understand why he thought that at this point he's going to, he's going to kind of get to get to the spot. Right. Like, and then you've got basically two guys that are, you've got the other outside linebacker that chases Lamar in pursuit, but you've got the spy that's like right there on him to come down. And you've got the guy in the middle hook zone right there too. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, Fluker was pretty bad on this play. But Lamar did nothing to help himself on this one when he just kind of put his head down and run. And, you know, uh, I guess I would put this into the category of like the instance of like where I'm being critical of Lamar, which is that like it just feels like he doesn't have like last year he made all the right moves in these situations. Right. Like when he needed to flush out to the right because there was space, he flushed out to the right. And when he needed to go up the middle because there was a lane to go up the middle, he went up the middle. Like there was nothing up the middle on this play. I, I would rather Lamar had realized he beat his guy, run outside the tackle and thrown the ball out of bounds and not taking this hit rather than try to get what is going to be at best four yards. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know what's going on in his head this year, but it, it just seems like the, the either the Ravens have not set these plays up to allow the outlets for him to do these things successfully, which is which is part of it. Right. Like you have a quarterback that, you know, is likely going to flush to the right and he's likely going to get outside the pocket. Right. And all your routes run to the left. <laughs> like like those kind of things are just like the small nuanced stuff that ends up making a really big difference. I mean, we just saw Mahomes throw this touchdown to Kelsey right in to win the game against Oakland or against Las Vegas. And like, it very much was because they knew they had like where Kelsey was isolated and kind of like how Mahomes was rolling out. It, it all worked in sync together. Right. The Ravens just never seemed to have that. And, and, you know, I don't know if that's Lamar. I don't know that that's Roman, but uh, I'm sick and tired of it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to push back a little bit on this one because I mean, Lamar basically does a Houdini act just to avoid the sack. Um, and then, yeah, he probably could have broken the pocket to the right instead of trying to cut up the middle. But he, I mean, he has a linebacker who's who's there regardless. Um, and because he had to step through or up upwards in order to to kind of get by the tackle or the, the sack that, you know, most quarterbacks would have taken there, um, He he's really kind of, doesn't have you know the ability to probably see that he has that side of the field open to him um he might have been able to send the play i don't think he's gonna be able to scramble for a first down there he might have been able to find somebody um but i, I don't honestly i don't think that play is going anywhere no matter where he goes with it uh, maybe he can find somebody if, if he's able to extend the play a little bit but i just you know this is a combination of things right though he didn't have a guy who was open and then he, he had to scramble basically as soon as as soon as he he had the back of his drop so this was but, okay, so so think about it this way, right? Like if you are a quarterback and you see a guy come like, – like basically this guy has to run nine yards up the field to beat Fluker, right? So who is going to be running contain on him if the outside guy has already run all the way up and all the way by you? 
I mean, it's it's naturally intuitive, or it should be for these quarterbacks to flush out of the pocket when that when a guy isn't running contain to the outside of where that guy is coming from. Like that that's that's coached up. Like that is that's quarterbacking one that that is feeling the pocket, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like you could have you could have probably asked Lamar to you know, understand where that guy came from. I just don't and think he also has 70, like the right guard is like standing, like Powers is essentially standing there without blocking anybody directly in front of him. And instead of at least waiting for him to engage or staying behind him, Lamar runs right by him. I don't know. I, I, I'm i a little frustrated about this whole game, but I think that that was poor pocket presence from Lamar yeah. overall. I, I disagree just because, you know, he, had, he, he basically had to, like I said, he had to avoid a near sack just by being pretty amazing. And then he had another guy in his face who, who had beaten the, like an interior defender who's coming at him too. So he really didn't have a, a lot of area to work with. Um, there are a lot of things well, that I'm, I'm going to pick on Lamar for this game. This was not one of them. Yeah. So, I mean, so let's go to the second quarter and back in the red zone. And, you know, I don't know who we put this one on, but um, you know, there's another kind of botched play to start this whole sequence. Yeah. This is just one of those, Every game you have a play where the Ravens don't know what they're doing. And, and I don't know if this is on Edwards. I don't know if it's on Lamar. It seems like it's on Edwards. He doesn't seem to be in the right position here. Um, and maybe this was the – he wasn't in very many plays in this game. Um, but clearly something goes on wrong. He's doing this kind of weird jet motion almost, but he goes behind. And then like Lamar's looking to give him the ball, but – He's not where he's supposed to be, so it turns into a negative play. Um, this is that worst possible thing that you can do on you know first down inside the red zone, inside the ten yard line, is have a play that you want to obviously you know try and have a touchdown on turn into a negative play, and then you're behind the sticks, and it's just I don't know, it's 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 a bad play design, I guess, because or at least it's a bad play call because nobody knew what the play design was, and that's. It's just inexcusable. It's just bad execution. It's bad coaching. Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's like, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish here? Like, you're, you're back in the red zone. This is the kind of stuff that you should, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be scripted. But at this, like, like, and I guess I've never been in Ravens practices, right? But like, if I was coaching the offense, the way I would run my red zone like situations and practices is. We're going to practice sets of plays based on the things that we think Tennessee is going to do, right? So we're seeing extra pressure. These are the kind of plays that we're going to be ready to run. If we see a lot of zone, these are the kind of plays that we run. We're going to see a lot of like eight and nine man boxes. These are the kind of plays and situations we're going to run, right? So that way when we get down into the red zone and I'm Greg Roman and I make a call against what we're seeing, heavy stack boxes or zones or or blitzes or whatever those things are, right? Then Then we're all on the same page about what that is, right? And it, it's in this instance, you're literally at the 10 yard line, right? It's very easy first, like, or were they at the, they were at the five yard line. You're at the seven, seven yard line. Yeah. So like, this should be the kind of play that, that you have practiced all week, that you have some kind of assumption of what kind of coverage you think Tennessee is going to be going with and should be very clear to everybody what you're trying to accomplish. And yet the Ravens call a play that, that, that we're not in sequence on and we can't get figured out and, and, and it's botched. That's the thing that probably kind of drives me the craziest about this stuff. Yeah, it's it's definitely an issue with coaching. It's definitely an issue with, you know, focus, I think, because there's the players 
you have to know what this play is going to be or else why call it? Like they, they've obviously practiced this play before, but this isn't the first time we've seen that this year. We've seen a lot of plays like this. It hasn't always been in the red zone in a really critical situation like this, but we've seen plays where they're just like, I seem seemingly every game too. It's like somebody's like lined up in, improperly, you know, Lamar's looking to pitch it, but there's nobody to pitch to, or there's just like some kind of thing where they just are not on the same page. And obviously this is like the worst possible scenario for that to happen, but you know, it's just a consistent theme. And then, you know, it goes back to what we were saying at the beginning. The Ravens have not been able to, like, properly put together, you know, execution, play calling, the whole thing for an entire game. And, and and what we're seeing is, you know, critical situations where they're just dropping the ball. Yeah, and then this next play is one that you don't really like, or it turned into kind of an iteration of what you don't like, which is kind of – it turns into a rollout. It's not necessarily a rollout to start, but essentially all the routes run to the right side of the field. So whether or not it's an intentional rollout or it isn't, there's no throwback, right? There's nothing to kind of like give you more breath in your lanes. There's no like, unless you're intentionally attacking something specifically here, which it's obvious that there were, I, I mean, if they were, the Titans sniffed it out. Um, I really dislike the second down call as well. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's a, kind of like a, a run pass option for Lamar. Um, but like I, like you said, um, you know, the Titans have it well covered. I think they have like basically six guys over here covering what three routes, maybe four routes. And there's really obviously nowhere for Lamar to go. So it turns into the run part of the option. If it was in fact a, a, an option, um, he made it that because there was no way to pass the ball to. So, and this was, I think, maybe a gain of a yard or something. It was basically no no difference. But this was also part of the problem for this game. One was, uh, you know, Ravens' newly new addition, Luke Wilson, who's who's blocking, kind of gets <laughs> beat right, right away. And, and there's a defender right in Lamar's face. So he, he kind of has to, you know, extend the play a little differently than he probably wanted to. And that timing, you know, basically made him not have the ability to even throw the ball if he wanted to. So it's just kind of a doom play from the start. Um, anytime there's a bad block, when you have the one guy who's required to block for the for the quarterback, it's probably an issue. So my quibble here would also be that I would have run the ball. It's second and nine. Like the Titans are playing, like playing back. And if I wouldn't have run on this play, the way that the Titans defended this play, I would have run it on the next play because they were playing like they thought the Ravens were going to throw and they were going to try and cover all those routes and all those receivers. You've got all those guys standing at the freaking goal line at the start of the snap. Like it's just, uh, I, I would have run the ball at least on one of these snaps. And the Ravens actually had, I think they converted a third down from Dobbins on the run to get into this red zone. Um, so they had success on, on running on like a third and five or third and six and converting it. Um, and I, you know, I would just like to see the Ravens try and do more of that because this was, this was pretty obvious that once they got into like that, that second and 10 that they were going to throw it, but you know, the Titans were ready for it and there was nothing they could do about it. And, you know, the third down to me was the exact same thing where the Titans just were going to play the run. They were going to try and double two at least two of the receivers that were coming out um, in terms of the receptions. And if they got pressure, it was going to blow it up and there was nothing Lamar's going to be able to do. Yeah, it's, I mean, this play is kind of doomed from the start. Like a, this, this one was another one where, where the Ravens, you know, offensive line just didn't hold up. Like there was immediate pressure. There was 
nobody open. There was nobody to throw to. Um, and I mean, he had a guy coming across, but it wasn't really open. There was a, there was a defender right on him. And then, you know, because of the pressure, there was, n- there was nowhere for more to go. He couldn't even really scramble on this one because, you know, the pocket completely cl- collapsed around him. So this is one of those instances where I thought the O-line played pretty poorly. Um, a couple of these red zone plays, they um, they really didn't give him much protection. And it's not just on the on the O-line. It was also the tight end, like I mentioned, to play before. Um, but yeah, one of the things you said that I, I agree with is the lack of run. And, and this is, you know, as much as I have been harping on the Ravens running too much, um, I think in these instances, especially when they'd actually been running the ball fairly well on these drives to get into the red zone, um, they took the guy who had been running the ball really well, and that was J.K. Dobbins off the field, and he put, you know, Gus Edwards in there instead. And he's no longer, you know, the guy who's really been in part of the run game. He's not really um, in a groove. And and they're trying to do, like, some of these trick plays. And then this one is just, like, um, basically uh, earlier we saw Edwards running a route where he's not really accustomed to doing much. So I just feel like they don't have – they're not putting players in, in the right position to make a play. And I, I tend to agree with you. Run the ball on second down. Even when they're on third down, it's not what they're expecting. And that's why you can have a, have some success in those plays because you're doing the thing that the team doesn't want you to do or the team that is not, the defense is not expecting you to do. And that's generally when you're going to have success. Yeah, so let's talk about this last red zone attempt in the fourth quarter. Haunting, snapping issues continue to haunt the Ravens. Makari snaps it early. But even, even if he didn't snap it early, like, I, I don't know what's going on in this play because – like, like on the initial quick snap, both Brown and Andrews both go up to catch the ball. Like, like Andrews <laughs> doesn't even like Andrews is trying to catch the ball instead of blocking for Brown. Like, and like Brown would not have scored on this. Like the Titans had clearly seen the flag come out and had given up on the play. He would yeah. not have scored. Um, but literally, Andrews goes up to try and catch the ball. Like, again, like this is a this is a bubble screen. Like. The, the tight end's job in this instance is to block. And, like, Mark Andrews played a well, a good enough game. Like, I'm not trying to, like, get on Mark. Like, Mark Andrews would be on the better side of, like, players, I think, that played in this game, not the, the worst. But, like, where's your awareness here? The Ravens' ability in the two-minute drill to, like, call plays and, like, know what they're doing and act with any kind of intentionality doesn't exist at all whatsoever. Um, but I like what they do on the next play. You know, they, they basically run kind of – they run Andrews up the seam and they get Sneed right underneath against the zone, right? And so, like, it's a nice little sequence. It's like a nice little throw and catch. You're using the Titans kind of dropping deep against you. And so what do you do on the next play? You do the exact same thing. Oh, gee. Shocking that that didn't work out and Desmond King jumped the route and was able to kind of knock that ball out without having to, like, do anything competitive to Willie Sneed. Like, Yeah, and the, the problem on the next play is they're invented in man coverage and that's, so you, you can't, you can't run the same concept um, and have it work. So that, that's not really a man coverage beating concept because one, Willie Sneed is not the kind of guy who's going to beat man coverage consistently, um, especially against a good slot corner like King. Um, and clearly that happened there. He didn't really have any separation at all. Um, he didn't even really run a competitive route. I, I would say um, it's just, I don't know. 
there wasn't really anywhere to go with these plays. I, I like the one you said before, like you, you mentioned with Snead, um, kind of sitting down in, in the zone. I think that's probably where he's at his best. Um, I just, I don't know. It, it's just disappointing. I don't, I don't think the receivers do a very good job of, of getting open for Lamar in this game. Um, and this was kind of, you know, the one time that they had an opportunity, you know, get, get in the end zone. Um, they were so close, but they, they just couldn't get it in there. You know, it would have been really great here. A run. <laughs> <laughs> they had a timeout. They had, they, you, you saved the timeout. <laughs> you, you saved the timeout. It, with, I assume for this very, for the very reason to feign the threat of being able to run or at a minimum, you're willing to throw the ball to the middle of the field. So if that's the case, like, and it was only six yards, run the ball. Like, like that, like, I love that, like, kind of like power run where the Ravens run a play action to the, to the left and they, they pulled two offensive linemen to the right and Lamar runs behind them. Like they picked up a first down earlier in the game on that exact same play, like run that concept again, do, do, do something like that again. But in, but they, you know, they take the ball out of his hands. They, they're trying to throw the ball all the way to the end zone there. The Titans know that's what's going to happen on the third down. And so Lamar has to throw it away. So, and on this third down, I'm going to have that same quibble that you had with Lamar earlier, but I actually think it's more relevant here because he has the entire left side of the field to him open. Um, it's he, it's blocked, uh, it's blocked up almost completely, and he can roll out to his left and force a defender to try and come tackle him or oh gosh or yes third down and oh my gosh yes he just completely instead of doing that he he scrambles into pressure um and has to throw it away oh so, my gosh i didn't even notice this yeah it's it's this one i think is really obvious he can i'm not going to say he's going to score a touchdown here but i think if he does you know see that there's he has two you know offensive linemen in front of him and yeah. he has he has a receiver in the area that can either block for him or, you know, become a, a receiver still. And he just, he just runs the other way instead. So, you know, missed opportunity. Yeah. Well, you know, it wasn't just the Ravens offense. That was, that was the culprits here. You know, the Ravens run defense in the fourth quarter against Derrick Henry just vanished altogether. Um, but I think the other thing that I'd say that the Ravens, you know, that you and I have talked about a little bit recently, which is that, you know, it feels like Wink has just doesn't have that edge right now anymore. He, he doesn't seem to have that like good killer instinct and to be able to like get the, like get the blitzes that are going to get that free rusher. Like, w- like the queen blitz early got the free rusher and it creates the turnover. That was really the only clean shot that it felt like was schemed up to get after Tannehill. And it's like, where, where did it go after that? And like, where are your outside like like corner blitzes and things but but even more so than you know the ravens were just really bad on third and longs on defense and in multiple big moments during this game i mean obviously every kind of instance is becomes a big moment but the the ravens were just not very good in third and long yeah the first one was in the first quarter um when they had a great opportunity to get off the field um it was third and 11 yeah there was no score um, and the Ravens did the thing that you love the most, where they they blitzed Marlon Humphrey off of the edge and dropped Matt Judon into coverage. <laughs> um, and of course, Matt Judon has no chance of being a factor in coverage, and the ball is easily completed to the uh, I guess the scat back slot wide receiver guy number thirteen, um, who's able to make uh, Elliott miss and pick up the third down, and then that 
drive turns into a touchdown. So, you know, this is this is a perfect kind of illustration of how the blitz can beat you. Um, it's kind of the live by the blitz, die by the blitz. And like you said earlier, they got that interception on, on a really well-executed blitz where we, you know, shot through the, like the A-gap and was able to, you know, plant Tannehill and he threw the pick that was brilliantly undercut by Bowser. Um, but that was one of the only times where I really saw that, that blitz package be super effective. And we saw Tannehill, you know, get hit a few times. But, you know, for the most part, I feel like they had – answer for what the Ravens were doing on, on defense and, and what they were doing with their, their pressure packages. Um, and, you know, there, there didn't seem to be another kind of card that, that Wink was able to play in this one. And, and instead he seemed like he, he kind of got lost, especially down the quarter or down the, down the fourth quarter. They just didn't really have an answer for, for what the, the t- Titans were doing, especially in the passing game. Yeah, and then this next big third and long was, I mean, Chuck Clark got his pants beat off this game. Like Chuck Clark was, Chuck Clark had a really bad game. There, there's, there's no way around that. Ferkser was basically open anytime Clark was around him. We'll talk about other plays that Clark was bad on after this. He just had a really bad game, and and Tannehill kind of ID'd him in man coverage, and it seemed as though that they were going to go after him whenever he was in man to man. Um, and they did, and they did so successfully. So on this third and 10, you know, late in the third quarter, you basically see the same thing. The Ravens bring the heat. It's almost gets home, but, you know, 10 yards down the field, you got a little crosser and Chuck Clark can't defend, defend his man. And it's first down. Yeah. I feel like we saw this play a couple of times, um, basically the exact same iteration of the same play. And I don't even want to say Clark was in bad coverage. Like he was pretty close to his guy, but he was isolated and it's easy money for a veteran quarterback. If you don't get the pressure to him, he's going to be able to stand in the pocket and deliver that ball right to his receiver who has a pretty easy, you know, option to, to, you know, cut right off the defender and, you know, give himself a good target for the, for the quarterback to hit. Um, and Tannehill was accurate on, on a lot of these passes. You know, there was a few plays where the Ravens were able to get off the field and, it was because Tannehill was inaccurate. You know, he had open receivers on, on a number of plays down the field. And, and the, you know, I, I, I kind of want to give some credit to the Ravens for, you know, maybe um, getting in his face and providing some pressure. But, you know, there was a lot of open receivers in this game, and that's not something that, you know, inspires a lot of confidence moving forward. Yeah, and then let's talk about the last one, and then Oof. and then we'll wrap it up because I just don't have the heart to talk about the Ravens much longer after having to watch this play one more time. But I mean, is this the like like this is how the Chargers fans felt on the fourth and twenty seven from Joe Flacco to Ray Rice, right? Is is is, is should that sum it up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think everybody knows the play they were talking about. AJ Brown, um, it's it's third and ten in, in the in the red zone. AJ Brown catches the ball five yards short of the sticks, and four Ravens can't tackle him, not even stop him from getting a first down, but to stop him from getting in the end zone. Um, I think, I think he might've actually picked up Patrick Queen and run into the end zone with him. I'm not sure. Um, isn't it crazy that AJ Brown looks like he's 20 pounds heavier than Patrick Queen in this too? Like <laughs> that's kind of insane because I mean, you're talking about wide receiver versus a linebacker, but one of them looks bigger than the other and it's not the one you would think. Um, but yeah, but Chuck Clark misses the first tackle. Um, Marcus Peters, you know, tries to come in and tackle him, and he gets basically, you know, shoot away like a mosquito. 
Marlon Humphrey then looks like he tries to go in for the the punch out and he completely whiffs. And then, like I said, Queen just couldn't even stand his ground. So that was the end of the game. I mean, after that game, that I was like, yeah, it just feels like the the Ravens just. I mean, they don't have any physicality. They don't have any heart. Like like that. That's kind of what happened right there in that instance. And and that like that play was the Ravens season in a nutshell to me. Like you know, just pathetic. <laughs> yeah, pathetic was the word that immediately came to mind for me as well. And I didn't think that after that after that play, I was like, they're not going to come back and win this game. Even if they they're going to get the ball back, they'll be able to drive the field. I didn't think they would be able to win it. Um, and I was right. They, they didn't have what it took to, to win that game. They didn't have the mental fortitude necessary. They, you know, they got close. They, <laughs> can we talk about on the, uh, when they, they won the, the coin toss to come out in overtime and they did the exact same thing that we saw all game long. They came out and had a first down run, which failed. Um, then they came out and, Lamar actually got sacked on the on the next play. So basically right out the the, the gate and, and overtime in this crucial drive where you need to score in order to potentially, you know, win this game, they completely fall flat on their face. And then obviously they don't see the ball again. So that's that's pretty much the game. In the moments that matters, they they felt flat on their face um, time and time again. You know, there's little flickers of hope that they put in there, but for the most part, they just didn't have the answers and they failed to execute and they didn't have the heart that they needed. Yeah. And, and so, you know, who knows what this team looks like going forward. I think that they're not, um, they're not consistent enough to be good, you know, regularly. And and they're going to have to prove otherwise. They're going to have to actually start getting it together. Queen is going to have to clean up his game in terms of understanding what, run gaps he needs to get into like Chuck Clark's going to have to figure out this stuff in man, like Humphrey's going to have to figure out the moments that he doesn't need to strip. Marcus Peters is going to need to figure out that sometimes he's going to be baited and he needs to not bite on some of that kind of stuff. Um, or the rape or wink is going to have to figure out how to get blitzes home or protect some of these guys and, and some of the things that they're doing. Um, and Roman's going to have to fix his play calling. And, you know, there are a lot of things to do. The Ravens only have to probably fix like three or four of those things and they'll be just fine. But it seems as though the same 10 things are wrong with the Ravens every week and they still continue to be unable to fix them. Well, the one good thing that I think gives them a chance down the stretch is getting healthy on defense, because I really do think that missing Calais Campbell is, is something that is a huge part of, of why they've struggled a little bit on defense in, in the past couple of games because he really is, you know, that focal point up front. He is a dominant run defender and he's someone who affects the passing game. You know, he was at one point leading the Ravens in sacks. I'm not sure if he's, if he's still, he still might be, um, but you know, he's basically their best defender in the front seven. Um, you know, him and Marlon Humphrey, you could probably argue he's the best defender on the team. But losing him has had a huge impact on the Ravens' defense. And I don't know if they're going to have him back for this game against the Steelers on uh, Thanksgiving Day. Um, if they do, it's going to be, you know, a big part of that game, I think. Um, but it, he's really the only hope that I have for the Ravens improving down the stretch, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So maybe they'll get him back and, and he'll make a difference. But, you know, he's also a veteran leader. I think they're missing him out there as well. Well, we got a Thanksgiving game coming up. 
thank God we'll be able to drink before this game. <laughs> it's, it, 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 it's a five o'clock Pacific game, but um, I think that you and I will both be making sure that we're celebrating other things before this game. Uh, I, I don't really, you know, I don't get excited to watch the Ravens this year. I haven't for the last four or five weeks. I'm not on <laughs> Thanksgiving. Um, you know, hopefully hopefully the Ravens surprise us and they give Pittsburgh a really great game. And obviously we'll be watching. But, um, you know, at this point it's more don't hold your breath because, you know, why would you expect anything different? Yeah, it's, it's kind of more at this point hoping that they don't fall flat on their face after two games when they've done just that. Um, against inferior opponents that they should have beaten, um, they just haven't had, you know, the ability to make the plays necessary. And, and it's really three weeks in a row of terrible games, if you include the Pittsburgh game before that, of which they had four turnovers and easily should have won that game. Yeah, well, they they, they managed to win the Indianapolis oh, game. Oh, that was in between that. Okay. Um, which, you know, they, they also had a, one of the worst you know halves of football I think we've seen them play. Um, and they came out and played a really good second half. But like you said, like we've said all along, they haven't been consistent. They've put together, you know, two quarters at a time, maybe three quarters if we're lucky. But it's it hasn't been a complete game effort, and if they don't do that against the Steelers, there's a zero chance that they're going to win that game. Um, it, you know, it's, it's kind of remarkable. The Ravens have been favored in every single game they've played this year by Vegas. Um, that's not going to be the case for this. You know, Steelers game. Obviously, they're ten and zero. They're looking like they're actually gaining steam. They're playing better now than I thought they were a month ago when they played the Ravens. Um, and you know, Big Ben's starting to get his confidence. Um, He's throwing touchdowns all over the field. Um, the Steelers' wide receivers look incredible. It's, it's really going to be difficult, I think, for the Ravens to hang with them unless they, you know, have the perfect game plan and have the perfect execution. We'll see if they can put it together. We have to hope um, for an upset, but um, I, I don't have much faith going into this week's game. Yeah. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll be back here. I think we'll record on Friday after Thanksgiving. Um, to try and break down that game. Hopefully it's a little bit more upbeat. Hopefully we're not singing the same tune that we have been, but uh, you guys can check us out on Twitter. Um, he's at Gabe Fergie. I'm at BSL Jordan Co. Um, this is the Situation Room. Thanks for tuning in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.